Good evening, everybody. Coming from New York City. Welcome. This is Secrets of the Sire. We do this every week. We're talking movies, comics, TV, everything, pop culture, all the stuff that you guys love to talk about. We do it here every week. We usually do it on Periscope, but we're having a little little technical difficulties today. Not a big deal with that, but... Uh, we're here every week on TalkingAlternative.com. It's a call-in radio show. It's an hour long, and if you get it in podcast form, you can't call in. So that's why you got to listen to it live. TalkingAlternative.com. The number is 877-480-4120. Um, if you enjoy looking at pretty people, you can go to Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire, and uh, you'll you'll see my face first, and then maybe we'll we'll throw a model in there or something. You know, someone uh, attractive. Uh, as always, I have my trusty engineer Sam running the show behind the scenes, giving a thumbs up. And uh, and again, calling that uh, calling anytime. Uh, we encourage it. Uh, we don't encourage it enough, to be honest with you. Eight seven seven four eight zero four one two zero. You can comment on the Facebook stream as well. Um, I will try to read some comments on air, and I'm going to go steal some comments uh, because there's a lot to talk about today, as there always seems to be. Uh, this is the best part about a show like this. I mean, we just continually have things to talk about, things to look forward to, um, and this week it is Suicide Squad. But before we do that. Uh, we are in the final 48 hours of the worst Kickstarter in human history. Um, we just crossed the 1,000 mark, which would be awesome, if, except we were looking for like 7,500. Um, the Kickstarter was, and still is, look, you, you can get out there. Uh, it is Plan 10 from Outer Space. It is the sequel to the 1959 classic Dud uh, from Ed Wood. I mean, it is bizarre. I mean, some people have never heard of it. Uh, I definitely encourage you to go and just check it out on YouTube. It's just a god-awful movie, but god-awful in, like, Snakes on a Plane kind of way. In fact, Snakes on a Plane uh, kind of, uh, kind of, like, tried to do what, you know, movies like Plan 9 did, which was just be so bad that you have to watch it. So we've actually followed in their footsteps by putting on a terrible Kickstarter. Except I'll tell you what, in the last few in the last few days, uh, we're just letting it all hang out here. So we have amazing rewards. Look, there are rich people out there. There are kids who are sitting on like, you know, money they usually you know buy weed with or maybe shrooms or something like that. Donate to the Kickstarter instead because it's it's definitely worth it. Look, we are going one of our rewards. Donate a thousand bucks. We will bring director Ed Wood back to life. I mean, literally, we'll, we'll resurrect him. I, I'm not sure how. Uh, I don't guarantee success on this, but we will. We will actually live on this show um, next week or the week after. We will do something. Uh, we will hire a, a seance. We, uh, sorry, a medium to do a seance here. Um, that's the two thousand dollar reward. Actually, twenty five hundred. Because look, we re- we really need. We're, we have to make up a lot of money in a short amount of time. So we will. Uh, we will literally fly you out to New York City um, if you post twenty five hundred dollars. Unless you already live here, in which case maybe we'll take you out to a nice dinner. Uh, we'll actually put you in a hotel and then we'll conduct a seance live on the show. So we'll fly you out on a on a on a Wednesday. Uh, we will come to the radio station. We will perform the seance live on one of our shows, and uh, and then we'll fly you. Uh, then we'll put you up in a hotel for the night. Maybe we'll go out drinking afterwards. You know, something good. You know, we'll make it worth your while. If you're not into drinking, there's a juice bar right next door. Very tasty, um, and that's actually a lot cheaper. So we'll actually get to keep more of the money. So I'm good with that as well. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, today's reward. Look, who's got? Who doesn't have five thousand dollars lying around? Come on, you can fly myself. And my co-writer, James Macia, to your house on Halloween 
and we will scare the bejeebas out of your neighbors. We will dress up like Dracula. We will dress up like zombies, ghouls, you know, something scary. We'll dress up like Trump or Hillary, you know, whichever, whichever political leaning you lean against. We'll dress up as them to scare the neighbors. You know, whatever, whatever, you, whatever candidate you think is scarier, um, you know, that would be, that would be what, I'm, uh, what I'm going for. Uh, anyway, that's what we're doing. Um, it's awesome. We're going to have another great uh, zany reward. We're less than 48 hours to go. So very exciting, exciting stuff. But uh, today's topic, and we've got Tony Southcott from Human Echoes Podcast. Human Echoes is a, is a you know, similar podcast uh, to what, uh, what we kind of do here, which is what we talk about movies and TV and humans and pop culture and, you know, everything fun. So uh, they're going to chime in. And, and the topic of the day is... Suicide Squad, and we did a blog earlier in the week. We do blogs every every week on secretsofthesire.com. That's uh, secrets, S-E-C-R-E-T-S, of the sire, S-I-R-E.com, and uh, wrote an article about how, you know, DC is hoping this is their Deadpool. Like, this is going to be, um, you know, the movie that does it, and I got in from my sources out in, in Hollywood that it is tracking exactly like Deadpool. So in terms of what tracking is, is for anybody out there who doesn't understand it marketing-wise, there are people that are paid simply to track the potential uh, debut box office numbers. And that's how they actually said it. So that's how the studios actually have their expectations. If they come back and say, look, we're tracking 35 million and it makes 50 million, success. If it comes back and says we're tracking 105 million opening weekend and it comes out with 45 million, big bomb, everybody jumps off a bridge, it's terrible. So this movie, much like Deadpool was in February, tracking through the roof. Like there's excitement, there's buzz around it. People want to see it. It's got a tremendous director, David Iyer. Ayer, 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 um, did Training Day. Um, that was his. That's his claim to fame. Um, you know, and he's feeling the pressure. Like uh, he told Entertainment Weekly um, when he was asked about the pressure. He, you know, and, and well, okay, let's backtrack even more. Why is there pressure? There's pressure because DC has yet to make a critic, uh, critically acclaimed, fan acclaimed movie. They have yet to accomplish uh, what it is that they are trying to do which is compete with with marvel i mean and that's what they're basically trying to do um and they're not quite doing that uh because batman v superman turned out it just wasn't it was too dark it was heavy-handed the plot didn't make sense uh it was it was eight movies crammed into one we've been over it you can actually go to our soundcloud page soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire and you can listen to some of the podcasts we've talked about batman v superman but what batman v superman did was it it basically took David Ayer and said, okay, your movie now has got to be a top-flight action movie. Again, from my sources, they talked about the reshoots uh, that they had to do, and everyone said, no, we're just beefing up the action. We're not beefing up the humor. We're not trying to make it like Deadpool. We're not, you know, but there were reshoots, and reshoots, you know, they try to they try to say, like, look, every movie gets a reshoot. Every movie, there's some scenes that have to be reshot. Not if they're good. <laughs> if the movie's good, and it's tight, and it's good to go, uh, there might be extra special effects that need to be added. There might be extra time in the editing room. But when you actually have to call the actors back onto set months after the shooting wraps, you're in a little bit of trouble. Okay? And part of it was, okay, Warner Brothers is now like, okay, you need to do the reshoot. So there was questions about, okay, are the re- does the reshoot signal that this movie's bad? Or does, this, does the reshoot signal that, uh, you know, 
Warner Brothers is now instructing them to do reshoots because they're tinkering, tinkering and making you know a mess of of what uh, David Ayer you know came up with. But he said two years ago, Suicide Squad was a tertiary DC property. No one knew anything about it. It was a cool little playground, and I was going to make my movie. Now he said that specifically, going to make my movie. We heard the similar talk um, from Josh Trank on Fantastic Four, and we know how that bombed. Now it's like the hype bus. All the attention is swung onto it, and it has to carry a lot more weight than it was ever intended to. I think it can sustain it, but it's a lot of pressure. You definitely feel the pressure. So we're counting down now. Suicide Squad is now, you can buy tickets. You can actually go, and what happens? Rotten Tomatoes compiles all the critics' reviews, 33%. So 33% favorable rating. That's that's not good. <laughs> that is, uh, it's not out of thirty four percent or thirty five percent or even thirty three percent. It is thirty three out of a hundred. Um, there are fans actually petitioning to shut Rotten Tomatoes down because they don't they don't want people to not think it's a good movie. Look, I'm rooting for this movie. The problem is, I actually predicted it would do really well. See, so I actually tanked it. So, all you uh, DC fans out there. You can blame me. This is this is definitely my fault if this thing tanks because I got I was against Deadpool um, in terms of what it was going to do, and uh, it, you know it definitely uh, it did slightly better than I projected. Slightly, just slightly, you know, <clears throat> you know. But look, the similarities are there, and we're going to talk about the critics and what critics are saying about it with Tony when he comes on. But for right now, you know, the question was: Is Suicide Squad? Look. Suicide Squad, if the fans think it's a good movie, now that's the difference, right? I mean, there's critics, and then there's actual fans who are going to watch it. Look, they're going to watch it no matter what. They're going to watch it, and they're going to either enjoy it because it is a good movie and maybe not what critics are looking for, and they're going to spread the word, and then it's going to take off. You know, it, it, not every movie that's critically panned you know, by quote-unquote critics equals a bad movie. Doesn't it doesn't help? It definitely does not help the credibility of it. But it doesn't mean it's a bad movie and it's not going to succeed. It just it doesn't help. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Um, and and before the reviews kind of came out, I mean that's that's the thing, right? You know, is Suicide Squad going to be DC's version of Deadpool? There's a lot of reasons why it should be. Um, you know, what worked for Deadpool? Irreverent tone. Nothing off limits. Making fun of themselves. Now, Deadpool is that kind of character. He breaks the fourth wall. You're not going to get much fourth wall breaking, uh, as far as I, as I understand it, in this movie. But you're going to get, you know, a lot of mayhem. Uh, you're going to get... I mean, look, Deadpool was a villain. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. He's not a superhero. They have to spin it that he's a superhero. And maybe he does somewhat heroic things. Now, look, they don't sugarcoat it in the movie, either. It's not like Deadpool's out there saving kittens from trees or anything like that. I mean, you know, he's killing people and doesn't care. Um, but the marketing was always, look, he's a superhero who doesn't care to be a superhero or doesn't, you know, he's a villain. But, I mean, these are bad guys. It's a great spin. Um, and it worked for Deadpool. But that's also a problem for Suicide Squad. It, just because it worked for Deadpool does not mean it's going to work for Suicide Squad. Uh, it's got to have the right combination of action. It's got to have the right combination of humor. Uh, it's also got to make sure it does not suffer from what other DC films to date have, which is they're kind of heavy-handed. They're not fun. You can be serious and be fun at the same time. Uh, I actually, you know, forget even tone, right? I mean, everyone kind of cares about tone. Look, 
if the characters are likable, if the situation, if the action is cool, if the humor is genuinely funny, you can succeed. Dead, you know, Deadpool kind of hit all those notes. Uh, I personally am still amazed at the $135 million box office opening. I am still amazed that it made like, God, you know, half a billion dollars. Like, I'm still amazed. It's a nice little indie film. It was cute. It was, it was fun, not funny. I thought Ryan Reynolds as a character was, was fun, not funny. But it doesn't mean that, you know, overall, again, it doesn't have to do this or be that. It just is. And if it is something enjoyable, fans are going to watch it. All right, when we come back, we got Tony Southcott from uh, Human Echoes Podcast. We're going to dive right into this. We've got so much to talk about. Is is the movie Suicide Squad going to be DC's Deadpool? Is it gonna, is, are the critics right? I mean, we don't know yet, but we're going we're gonna to speculate. Uh, and what is the future of DC movie universe now? I mean, if this thing tanks, if this thing does not get past that opening weekend, which I think is going to be huge, what happens next? You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stceradio or talkalternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. are back secrets of the sire do this every week uh we're on talkingalternative.com. it's a great uh, internet radio station give some love out to 21st century entrepreneur we give some love out to the robin Kelly show which i always forget to do which i always want to do um and uh any other show out there that that is on talking alternative you get a range of different things you get oh you get sam's show yeah sam sam the engineer so if you want to hear sam sam when's your show on Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out our engineer himself. He'll be talking about a lot of uh, holistic things, a lot of healing, a lot of awesome spirituality. Um, what else we got? Anything? Well, tomorrow I got two voice coaches. Two voice coaches. Ooh, voice coaches. Oh, but that's even better. My wife. My wife is streaming this though, so no, no, uh, no cute voice coaches. We can't have that. Now, uh, welcome back. We're talking de- uh, Suicide Squad. Is it DC's Deadpool or is it? Is it Batman v Superman Part Two? And I'd like to welcome Tony Southcott from Human Echoes Podcast on the show. Tony, how's it going? It's going. It's going. It's going. It's gone. Um, we marvel at our technical skills here because, quite frankly, uh, this is a this is a tightly run ship. 
of uh, technical know-how. Well, Tony, we're going to get to you uh, as soon as as soon as we get to you. Ah, um, <laughs> oh, there we go. Tony, are you there? Uh, did my voice not go through? Yeah, you know, well, it's it's definitely at your end. There's no question about it. It was not on our end at <laughs> all. We never have any technical difficulties. Uh, catch us on Periscope tonight. Oh, wait, you can't because we have technical difficulties tonight for Periscope. <laughs> Tony, We've welcome. We've been running the podcast for four years. I know how that goes. Yeah, talk to us about Human Echoes for a second, and then we're going we're gonna to dive deep into that later on, but just kind of give an overview about what that is and what you do on that show. Uh, essentially, we are a movie review podcast. We cover a lot of different things. We try to stick to kind of oddball topics. Uh, we we covered a movie called Hong Kil Dong not too long ago, which is actually a North Korean propaganda piece of the Kung Fu movie. We cover old movies like Jaws because we kind of have a thing for sharks, and we cover new movies like Suicide Squad. We'll be doing an extra episode this week for that. So we're kind of all over the place. We cover a lot of weird news, a lot of movie news, and uh, just cover a lot of odd things, really. We get in some... Some really different conversations. And you guys have been doing it for now 200 plus episodes? Yep. We haven't missed a Friday for 200 episodes. We're actually doing it professionally now. That's fantastic. What does that mean exactly? Uh, that we got picked up by a media company and we're doing it full time. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. That's really great. Thank you very much. Right, plug, my, plug my show on there. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> We definitely will. Um, Suicide I Squad. You on sometime, anyway. Oh, no, we definitely will. I, I love doing that. I mean, there's definitely a lot of synergy. Uh, we have uh, Bad Coyote Funky. That's another podcast that kind of does it. There's some friends of mine that do that. And it's, it's great having people's different perspective, uh, namely because, you know, people get tired of hearing me. I mean, and I don't blame them. They're usually, <laughs> they're usually my wife, and she's tired of hearing me. But that's okay. Everyone else, you know. Uh, so we're talking Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, it's funny. I mean, I had a whole outline laid out in terms of comparing it to Deadpool. And, and we will get into that and, and talk about Harley Quinn as a character. Maybe, you know, how she is basically kind of like DC's Deadpool kind of coming out of nowhere. But then the critics' reviews came out today and uh, yeah, or, or this uh, week. Been and, a little low. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um and I just got to say, I mean, from your perspective now, obviously we haven't seen the movie yet. Um, we'll see it at some point in the next week or so. Uh, do you think it's going to be a case of, okay, the critics didn't like it, but it's a fun movie. Just go in and enjoy it. it and, and is that going to actually help it in a way for fans? Uh, I think it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off of the movie, but it, the, there is going to be a lot of extra pressure just because of the budget that was involved in this. You're talking about mm -hmm. it being $250 million to make. I've seen between 175 and 250 I think the 250 factors in their marketing campaign. So you're looking at having to make, like, at minimum $400 million for this to be considered, like, a successful movie. But as far as what the critics think so far, I'm kind of wondering if this is a little bit of superhero fatigue. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm reading through some of the reviews, and I keep seeing, like, superhero ilk and things like that put into these. And I'm wondering where these uh, same critics stood on Civil War and stood on some of these other ones. We're not getting the huge general public's idea of it yet. And it could jet up on Rotten Tomatoes, or it could be one of those where it's uh, a 30% from the critics there, but an 85% from users, things like that. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm a little less optimistic than I was two days ago before the reviews started coming. That, it's funny you said that too because I agree with you. I actually I was out in San Diego for the Comic Con. I got to see the the, the last Suicide uh, Squad trailer that um, you know that they had out there, and it was it was great. And I actually really enjoyed it. It looked fun. It looked you know everything you know it looked really great. And then all of a sudden, you know to, to see these kind of reviews, I'm like really like ah, just it it really I don't know it just it it was. 
it was troublesome because it looks really fun. It looks like a fun movie. Uh, so what do you think in terms of the cast and what do you think in terms of I mean do you think it's going to be the 85% you know fan approval I, I know you kind of you kind of said you're hoping for it but uh, you know in your opinion what do you uh, you know I, I want you to make a definitive statement right here I'm guessing it's going to be about a 7 out of a 10 because of what I've seen so far and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that the villain is very very subpar from everything I've read that seems to be the biggest weakness in a movie where you have the villains being the good guys you should be able to pull one villain that stands above and it seems like that is the biggest nagging point that people are talking about well that's or at least one of the main ones that's really funny that you mentioned that too because the villain right now is just a puff of smoke right that's all we've seen so far yeah. of the villain right so I mean they have like the lost smoke monster you know kind of in this and and that's the villain uh, you know you would think that they would, the way Batman v Superman in the trailers where they gave you they gave you everything in the trailers. You would think in this particular case they would have kind of maybe followed the same suit or maybe they you know got scared. I was kind of wondering about that as well. If if it was really just them thinking about how people didn't uh, react well to I uh, to the BBS villain for some like uh, Doomsday. Sorry, his name was escaping me for a second. I, mm-hmm. uh, but it, from what I've read on it, like. There's not much to it, and that most of like the villains that you get in here end up being like semi-human and just not all that memorable. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've got Will Smith and you've got uh, Margot Robbie being completely memorable and perfect in their roles. Ultimately, not really going up against anything that's that powerful. And like you, you could have had uh, Jared Leto be the Joker, be a kind of against them in different ways. But it sounds like he's in it for about like 15 minutes of the two hours, and. It's, it's it just sounds like it's a little bit disjointed. Yeah. Do you think that uh, so I'm going to read you a quote and and this kind of actually goes along with you. This is what David Ayer sa- said to Entertainment Weekly. 2 years ago Suicide Squad was a tertiary DC property. No one knew anything about it. It was a cool little playground and I was going to make my movie. Do you think there's a Fantastic 4-esque meddling that's going on by Warner Brothers? I'm always very quick to blame studios. Like, it's just kind of a hobby of mine. Like, mm-hmm. I always think that they're trying to take control away, especially from a guy who, like, did Training Day and End of Watch and some of these other really, really good movies. Like, it's hard to think that he would do that, but I've also heard that they didn't put a whole lot of time into the script, at least not as much time as he normally would, but that's all rumor at this point. As far as studio meddling, I could see them being like, no, we got to pull back. We can't have the violence there. We can't have it rated R. I was listening a little bit before I, I was on this call, and you were talking about uh, how they were doing reshoots and how they could have amped it up or uh, changed the violence, changed the jokes, changed everything around. Like A lot of times, reshoots are whenever you start hearing about the entire tone of the movie changing. Yep. And I'm wondering if that happened with this. Because the... The commercials are giving a very clear tone, and it sounds like the the movie's not quite there. Yeah, and it sounds. I mean, and again, that quote to me, going, you know, I was going to make my movie. Uh, you know, I, it's one of those uh, revealing a lot without having to actually say a lot. It almost feels as if, you know, you know, he kind of got pulled into a direction that he wasn't trying to go. And and in have you? I'm sure you've seen the Justice League trailer now and the Wonder Woman trailer. There's a there's a tonality shift to all of the Warner Brothers movies now, which is like yeah, to go a little lighter a and a little humorous, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
like you even just like the little back and forth between Batman and Wonder Woman in the Justice League trailer, they're trying to elevate it a little bit so that you can still have that gritty action, but you get a little bit of levity. Yeah, you know what? It's funny, too. Um, I I think Zack Snyder, especially, is like the king of the movie trailer. Maybe DC should just put out trailers going forward. Like, don't even make a movie. Like, you don't even have to. Just make a, you know, make one movie. Um, What's that movie? You ever see Amazon Women on the Moon? This is a... I did not see that one. Oh, this is is right up your alley uh, if you like weird and zany movies. It came out in 1986. had Arsenio Hall in it. And it was basically just a series of skits throughout the entire movie. Um, that was connected together by a 1950s movie called Amazon Women on the Moon. So you'd every once in a while you would get two minutes of, of you know black and white 1950s movie, and then you would get a commercial, which would be a sketch or a skit. Um, and and a lot of times it was fake movies and fake movie trailers. That's what DC should do. Like forget forget actually making a movie. Let's just do that. I would watch that. I would watch Margot Robbie and the Joker kind of walking down the street for two minutes, and then okay, flip on, and we'll see like you know, action comics or something like that from, the, like, George Reeves from the 1960s or something. You know, that would be really good. It would definitely lighten the budget a little bit. <laughs> so you mentioned superhero fatigue, and that's something I thought was actually kind of noticeable at San Diego Comic-Con this this, um, uh, this past week, where it didn't feel as hyped up as normal. Do you think that's happening, and is the bubble bursting on these superhero movies? I think it's very, very close to being there. It's going to take some severe effort to make it so that we're not getting more tired of this. Because, I mean, we still have, like, two or three coming up. And we've got uh, Doctor Strange and various other ones. Uh, And I just don't know when we're going to be hitting that maximum capacity. We've got multiple shows. We've got Mm -hmm. way too much going on right now. And the thing is, I still love most of it. I still watch Jessica Jones. I watch Daredevil. I watch all these ones. But am I going to still be into it whenever it's Iron Fist and everyone else that's going on there? Yeah. How much can I actually get into? And, and I think. And what about the Denver Comic Con? It was kind of a similar feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you were seeing cosplays for a lot more uh, other movie stuff, not just like really comics or Marvel, mm-hmm. which kind of dominated. Yeah, and I think that's, it's funny you bring up Doctor Strange, too. First of all, you got to give Marvel tons of credit for what they've done to this point, but I think they even recognize, you know, with the, with an Ant-Man movie, which is really a caper movie, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is a space adventure. Doctor Strange, from everything I'm reading, is a trippy, psychedelic, you know, movie that just happens to have, like, kind of superpowers in it. And that's a good thing for them to do because it does cause some pain. And so far, we've seen mostly the villain versus bad guy from DC. We haven't seen a ton of the movies, but it's just it's a lot more straightforward than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think you almost have to now because look, everyone look, vampires were the thing in the two thousands, right? I mean, everything was a vampire movie, vampire movie, vampire movie until finally Abe Lincoln, Vampire Hunter comes out, and at that point, everyone <laughs> kind of is like, all right, we, we've we've hit our our threshold, and and you know. In the past five years, it's been pretty much zombies in the same fashion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, even uh, even Walking... Are you a big Walking Dead guy? Yeah, I've got the first, like, 23 trade paperbacks or something like that. I'm okay. a little bit behind right now, but definitely like it. All right, so that's... It's great that you mentioned that, too. We can, we can do a little transition, because I love Walking Dead, and I love Walking Dead talk. Um, the show itself... I still haven't seen the season finale because it, it was off my DVR and it was off the uh, on-demand. But obviously I've heard about it. I know what happens. I know what happens in the comics without spoiling anything out there. Do you think that it's going, what, what happens in the show is going to mirror the comics or are we looking at a different victim this time around? I think it would make sense to mirror it. 
but I, it was really hard to tell. I was at a panel with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays Negan, mm-hmm. and it seemed like he was kind of hinting at something else, but I, I really couldn't pick up on where it was going to go. Like, it almost feels like to me, they're like, well, we're in the middle of contract renegotiations for the next season. Who doesn't want to play ball? <laughs> Do you think, now, this there's... There's two sides to this equation. One, he's got a new motorcycle show on, and anytime someone ends up with a new show, you know, go look at Agent Carter, where she's, you know, Haley Atwell had signed on to a new TV show before you found out if Agent Carter was going to be renewed or canceled. You've got Norman Reedus on a motorcycle show on AMC. Is that a signal that they would actually do the unthinkable and kill Daryl Dixon? I've thought about that a lot, and I honestly don't think so. Because reality TV takes a lot less time an effort to do than say like an entire season of the walking dead. Mm-hmm. Like you could actually get that done in two months, however they're not shooting as opposed to like the, the six months or so that it takes to make an actual season of the walking dead. But I, I actually looked at it like they were throwing him a bone, like, all right, we're killing you off, but you're really popular. So <laughs> let's get, let's get something on the air with you in it. And, uh, and we'll see what happens here. All right. Yeah, I could got- definitely lighten the impact of that. I've got you on the sh- on the show, and we like to do some fun things. But I'm going to give some credit out to uh, Victor Dandridge, who was a former guest, um, and will be a guest in that former in the sense that he's dead and passed away and gone. He'll he'll come back again too. He threw this question out on Facebook, and I think it's just amazing. So I want to get your take on it. He said, "If there was a JLA movie made in 1989, Christopher Reeves would be Superman, Michael Keaton would be Batman. What about the others? Who would play Hal Jordan?" Who would play Aquaman? Who would play The Flash? And uh, who would play Wonder Woman? Uh, 80s actors and actresses. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this out. Again, this is, this is the beauty of live radio. This actually just was posted a few hours ago, and I'm like, i got to ask Tony about it and give him no warning that, <laughs> and give him no warning that, I'm, uh, that I'm actually going to say this. And I'll, I'll help you out, too, because obviously I, I, I'm not trying to sandbag you on the air. Um, his, his suggestions were Dennis Quaid as Hal Jordan, Patrick Swayze as um, Aquaman, Val Kilmer as Flash, and Sigourney Weaver as Wonder Woman back in 1989. Sigourney Weaver as Wonder Woman would be awesome. I could definitely see that, especially 80 Sigourney Weaver. 80 Sigourney Weaver right. could do Wonder Woman hands down, without a doubt. That is, Victor, that is an awesome, awesome suggestion. Uh, what do you think? Hal Jordan, or would they have Hal Jordan, or would they do maybe, um, you know, maybe Danny Glover instead as the, uh, as the um, was it John Stewart Green Lantern instead? Uh, I don't think they would go with the John Stewart Green Lantern. I was trying to think of the Flash, and I feel like they would go like fresh off of Dune. They would grab Sting or something like that. It'd be really <laughs> weird. They get a, a real offbeat choice for uh, for Flash. Uh, yeah, th- just someone that's like kind of got a lot of facial expression is really weird, but it would work out. Like I think that they would go with something like that. I uh, Aqua. I guess that would work for Aquaman too. Yeah, like, I, I just keep thinking that they would definitely go with like the perfectly shaven Aquaman, not the badass Aquaman that has like the the hook hand and the beard and everything that came later. How great! Um, getting back to today's Justice League, how great does Aquaman look in that trailer? It looks pretty amazing, right? Yeah, definitely. Like Jason Momoa was awesome. He was awesome in Game of Thrones. He was awesome in a few other movies before that. He was not the problem with Conan. He was like, if you were going to mm-hmm. take Conan from the comic books, he's like, you get Jason Momoa, do it. It's just, like, I, I wonder what they're going to be able to do with the character. Because right now, you just have him looking really cool and being really cool. But is it going to be really cool whenever he's controlling fish? Yeah, he's, he's uh, well, I mean, that's kind of what Batman um, 
you know, kind of says he's like, oh, you talk to fish. But again, very humorous stuff. But he looks, you know, it's funny that scene where he's just getting pounded by the waves. It just made me actually think of uh, of the Vinny Chase Aquaman where he's like jumping into the water. I mean, I, I, that's the problem with Aquaman, right? No matter what, he's pinned to a large body of water or else he's kind of useless, right? Yeah. Like, uh, there could be situations where he would be incredible to have on your side. Like, we were talking about variants where if it was like World War II and you're trying to keep shipping lanes open. You would definitely want Aquaman on your side. You could see him, like, bursting through the side of a U-boat and going after Nazis and things like that. There could be a lot of fun to be had, but it's a little less important these days than it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tony, this has been a real pleasure. Um, tell the audience again about Human Echoes Podcast. When is it on? What is it about? And uh, we'll try to hype you up as much as we can here. All right. Uh, if you go to humanechoes.com, you can find out more about us. Like, we release a new episode every Friday. We have for the last 204 weeks, so we're pretty consistent about that. Uh, you can find me personally at T Southcott, S O U T H C O T T E, on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. We also do a lot of stuff on Facebook, YouTube, and stuff on Twitch, things like that. So, we're a little bit all over the place, but go to humanechoes.com. You can find out more. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, when, thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely. When we return, uh, I throw it out to you guys. If there's a JLA movie made in 1989, who would be the uh, co-stars? You'd have Christopher Reeve as Superman. You'd have uh, Keaton as Batman. And would that be better than what's going to be coming out? Because I'm losing all faith in the DC Universe when we return. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, Secrets of the Sire. Thanks to Tony Southcott from Human Echoes Podcast, doing it professionally. Hey, we're getting there. We're, we're a professional. We're a professional outlet. I don't know what you're talking about. Actually, I'm the only one talking. Uh, <laughs> we do this every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We talk about movies, comics, TV. Uh, we have a really cool backdrop. You can see if you stream us live on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/Secrets of the Sire. Um, that is SecretsOfTheSire.com, SoundCloud.com/slash/Secrets of the Sire. I'm your host, Mike Dolce, D-O-L-C-E, not the MMA wrestler. That's why I go by Michael. Even though it's odd when people people call me Michael, and and it's odd because I. I you know, in my day-to-day life, I just go by Mike, and, and, and that's what I'm used to. So anytime I'm like, Michael, how's it going? I'm like, I don't know. Who is that? Oh, it's me. Okay. Well, enough about that. Um, 
Tony was a great guest. Uh, their their podcast is awesome, um, and he brought up a really good point, which Sam and I were kind of talking about off air here, which was comic book movies are suffering from a lack of a good villain. And we kind of touched upon this um, last week and uh, or the week before that when we were talking about the um, Civil War movie. I think I was actually talking about that just you know with my comic book friends and. Uh, Villains are tough these days. Like they're just not coming up. Avengers, I thought had a had a a great villain with Loki. Uh, I think that's the last great villain we've seen. Doomsday and Lex Luthor were subpar. Uh, you have all these heroes kind of fighting each other now. And again, I'm not going to blame Marvel for for doing this because I they've had their plan for years now. Civil War was a comic that came out in 2007. Um, they have these event driven series. Uh, they have these event-driven uh, comic books um, that make great staging grounds for movies. So it's not as if what they're, you know, Marvel was sitting there two years ago, three years ago saying, like, well, at this point, all the villains are going to fight each other and all the heroes are going to fight each other. No, they had this planned out. They were going to do what they're going to do. Warner Brothers kind of piggybacked, said, you know, we need to do exactly what Marvel's doing and, and do it for ourselves. We can we can cash in on this thing. and. You know, it sucks because these trailers look great. The Wonder Woman trailer looks great. The Justice League trailer looks great. I thought the Superman Batman trailer looked great. I thought all these trailers look great. Suicide Squad looks great. Um, but what Warner Brothers is doing is they're going to slowly kill the Golden Goose. And again, kudos to Marvel for having that foresight to make other movies besides superhero movies, to make Daredevil grim and gritty, to make... Now, I mean, again, I guess the criticism from critics is it, it got a little outlandish in season two. It's not as grim and gritty that it was in season one, but, you know, at least they're trying to base everything in reality, even though, you know, obviously this is superheroes and fantastic. But you can do that. I mean, look, Game of Thrones has, you know, mysticism and, you know, dragons and demons, and but everything is based in a, in a world where you could sit there and say, yeah, that could happen in this world. And Marvel... Marvel does a good job of doing that as well. Like, hey, look, yes, there is Thor who can fly up into the heavens or Hulk who can smash buildings and, you know, but at the same time, you know, I want to go to my job tomorrow and how do I interact with this, you know, how do I live in this kind of world? So, I mean, Marvel just, look, they're they're ahead of DC, but it doesn't mean that they're also not suffering from having good villains. And that's the criticism Suicide Squad is going on. Suicide Squad is made up of villains. So, again, a great point. You need, you need something that kind of counteracts that. Um, and, again, Suicide Squad is now kind of following in the footsteps of Deadpool, which was, you know, a Fox-slash-Marvel movie. It's not a straightforward Marvel Studios film. Uh, obviously, it's a Marvel character, but uh, for anybody who doesn't know, obviously Fox owns the rights to the X-Men universe and can make X-Men movies. Uh, they can do it without Marvel Studios overseeing anything creatively. Uh, they did this with Fantastic Four also, and you saw how that ended up kind of tanking. So there is that thing. Deadpool is the one... Well, not the, I'm not going to say the one huge success because the X-Men films have been, you know, with the exception of the third film in both trilogies, have been an overwhelming success. First Class was outstanding. Uh, the, the sequel, Days of Future Past, was outstanding. X-Men was a very good... Look, X-Men started the superhero movie craze. There's no question. Without X-Men, there's no Spider-Man. Without Spider-Man, there's no Marvel Studios, etc., etc., etc. I mean, it goes on. X2, I thought, was the best X-Men movie. Uh, I personally think that's my favorite out of all the bunch. Uh, you know, so Fox, I mean, they've had some wins. They've also had X-Men Origins or X-Men Wolverine Origins, which was god-awful. Uh, they had, the you know... 
uh, Wolverine, The Wolverine, which was eh. I mean, they've had some, and then they had the Fantastic Four franchise again and again and again, which is also god-awful. Um, but I guess the point is that with, with a lack of a good villain in a, in a movie, people are now really focused on the heroes. And even if they're villains playing heroes, they're focused on them. I mean, look, at the end of the day, Deadpool didn't have a great villain either. I mean, it was all basically Ryan Reynolds playing Van Wilder and... Look, I love that movie, so he did a really great job and kind of, you know, just doing things you don't normally see. How is that going to translate into a sequel? I don't know. I mean, it's got it's got to basically steer in a way where people look. People are just going to get sick of it. There's an oversaturation of this. The only way they're not going to get sick of it is if you're doing things that are different. If you're able to actually, you know, present something that is ultimately different and ultimately better than what you had. So, at the end of the day. Warner Brothers might be killing the Golden Goose uh, by, by piggybacking on this and not giving us the moviegoer what we're looking for. And Marvel has to beware because Marvel, look, they're setting the stage right now and they're doing a great job and they're following through with their plan and it looks like they do. But they need to make sure that we have just as many compelling villains as there are heroes uh, or else it's going to fall apart. It's going to come apart. Now, we've talked about Suicide, Suicide Squad being DC's Deadpool. Um, it lends it. Lends to it very, very easily, right? I mean, Harley Quinn is essentially Suicide Squad, right? I mean, they're basically... Look, Will Smith is in this movie, uh, but they're marketing around Margot Robbie, who looks fantastic as Harley Quinn. She seems to act like Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn, for anybody who doesn't know the history, you know, didn't even debut in the comics. She debuted in the Batman animated TV series. You know, kind of came... You know, very much like Deadpool. The two of them... You know, Deadpool was a tertiary character in New Mutants. Uh, his second appearance was X-Force number two, which hopefully I have that in mint condition and can sell that at some point. I should probably sell it now, but I actually love those uh, comics. I'll never really part with them. I will hand them over to my son who, when he gets in debt someday from college loans, will then sell that comic. Uh, but, you know, that's really... Those two characters very very similar and they th there's a whole there's threads online all about it you know is harley quinn the character basically dc's deadpool uh but the opportunities with harley quinn as opposed to deadpool deadpool really is breaking the fourth wall harley quinn is just playfully psychotic you know and you can do different things with it and it'll be interesting to see i haven't seen suicide squad obviously i'm not a critic um, I am critical, but uh, I am not a paid movie critic that gets to see these things in advance. Look, it's tracking huge. Um, again, I'm hearing it's tracking just as good as Deadpool, but Deadpool got better reviews. Uh, I wonder if it's going to negatively affect it. All right, when we come back, I'm going to hear from you guys. Uh, I've been, uh, I, I definitely have a lot of comments, a lot of Facebook posts out there, people who you know, are putting their two cents in, kind of fighting the critics. And uh, does this movement to shut down Rotten Tomatoes... Suicide Squad review have any credence to it? We'll talk next. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. 
Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. TalkingAlternative.com one of my favorite tracks um the band was called ago always getting older oh you know you can make whatever you can make whatever you want for the ago part uh that was a band i was in in the 2000s that song is when i find the time i believe you can get it on our soundcloud page and if not i'll post it in the next uh, few weeks soundcloud.com slash secrets of the sire it's a great way to wind up the show. So we are we are tying a knot on this show. Uh, but before we do, we want to say that we are brought to you by the worst Kickstarter in human history ever made, just based off of one of the worst movies ever made. Plan 9 from Outer Space gets a sequel. Plan 10 from Outer Space. It's written by myself and a co-writer, James Massia. Uh, we've got some covers by Tony Moy and Sue Sherpa. We are dreadfully and dangerously so far away from our goal. It's not going to happen. Um, so in the meantime, we're going to have some fun with it. We, we just put some new rewards up there. Uh, we are going to bring uh, director Ed Wood back to life. We are literally going to do a seance to talk to him. If we can't actually resurrect him, uh, resurrection spells are tricky, and they come with consequences. If you're a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, and it's in basically every you know horror sci-fi movie. If you bring someone back to life, then you also have to trade it off by you know bringing something evil into the world or taking a life or you know but we're gonna try it we are going to actually try it so donate a thousand bucks we have seven spots for that and that'll actually get us to our goal if all seven spots are taken up get a thousand bucks chip in and let's do it uh zany reward number two we will actually hire a woman uh i well i, I would assume it's a woman just because they always seem to be we'll hire a medium to come and uh, perform a seance uh, we'll do it live we'll get ouija boards we'll get the lights dimmed uh we'll scare the s out of people you know and that's and that's what we're that's what we're all about here so donate 2500 bucks and we'll actually fly you out here and you can be part you can actually take part in the seance to bring ed wood back to life there are three spots for that and once again if all three get taken we get funded so see how it works uh we'll put you up in a hotel in new york city for a night uh we'll put you live on the radio show we'll go out drinking afterwards assuming we survive i mean it'll be, it'll be awesome and again you don't have to drink if you don't drink we have a juice bar right next door too we'll get some juice there's uh grace papaya right down the street you can't beat that hot dogs come on good stuff here uh today's uh, outlandish reward was that my co-writer and I will actually fly to your house if you live in the U.S. We will dress as our characters from Plan 10, and we will scare the poop out of you. You know, that's basically for Halloween. We will fly there on October 31st. We will be dressed in costume, uh, and we will uh, scare your neighbors and hand out candy. And uh, the, our only request is that you give us some food, maybe some Taco Bell. Um, and if you can't afford Taco Bell, but you want to cook a home-cooked meal, hey, we like home-cooked meals. Let's do it. Go to kickstarter.com. 
slash projects slash M Dolce. That's me, M D O L C E slash Plan Ten from Outer Space. Do a search for Plan Ten from Outer Space on Kickstarter. You should find us. You can go to secretsofthesire.com. You can go to facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. I mean, we're everywhere. We're on Newsarama, for God's sakes. We're everywhere. Still dreadfully, dreadfully low. All right, so we were talking Suicide Squad, and, and I like to hear what people are thinking. Uh, I posted this um, on Facebook a couple hours ago that the reviews are in, and they are not too good. Uh, Nevin Frederick, a frequent listener and viewer, he's actually streaming the show right now, heard a lot of bad reviews, but I ignore the critics and make my own take on it. Loved BVS, and the critics bash that too. I'm still seeing Suicide Squad this weekend. That is the question, right? Sometimes poor critical reviews to a movie that is very, very hyped up. And make no mistake, uh, again, my sources in California say this movie is tracking just as big as Deadpool, okay? It is tracking just as big as Deadpool did. And what that means is there is a lot of fan excitement. There is a lot of people that want to see the movie. It's not just, will you go see the movie? Will you not go see the movie? It is, we will go see this movie. So having critics actually saying don't go see the movie it's like your you know your parents saying don't drink don't don't do drugs and it's like well don't smoke well now i want to so it could work in their favor if the movie is good and by good look it doesn't have to be look it's suicide squad right it's not batman v superman there is no pressure because these characters for the most part uh there's only really two memorable characters in it which is the joker and harley quinn the rest are all b to c level villains i mean Sam, my engineer, was like, who's the guy with the fire? I'm like, I don't know. It's some guy who shoots fire. Like, what do I know, you know? Like, I, I'm, I'm an expert. Uh, I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, to be fair. But, you know, I know Killer Croc because he's a Batman villain. Um, you know, Boomerang, Captain Boomerang. I mean, I've heard of Captain Boomerang. I know of the villain. I mean, the, the, there should have been no pressure on this. And I actually feel bad for director David Ayer because there should have been no pressure, but there is now. Uh, but again, maybe the, maybe the critics panning it if it turns out to be a watchable, fun movie, maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe it's not a bad thing. So uh, Mark Lombardi, who was a guest on our show, he posted to uh, his Facebook page. This is what we do here. We just go trolling on other people's pages. This is how we get content. We're, we are, again, uh, catch us on Periscope most days. Uh, well, tickets have already been purchased for Suicide Squad. Unlike BBS, I'm at least hoping for some fun since this movie is quote-unquote terrible. And I thought that was a great quote. And that's why I'm aping it. So thank you, Mark. Um, he had some comments on his on his Facebook page. Everything I've read uh, thus far doesn't say it's a bad movie, just that it's not up to par with being a good one either. I'm fairly comfortable still giving it a shot in lieu of the worst things being said about it. In that light, though, I also consider myself forewarned to not have high expectations. Look, this might have been a godsend for director David Ayer, right? Writer-director David Ayer. He... This might have been the best thing that could have happened. Now, look, don't get me wrong. If all the critics say, go see this movie, it's amazing, that's the best scenario, okay? It is, because then all of a sudden, everyone has all this fan hype, and then you match it with the critics' hype, and you're like, okay, great, I want to go see it. But, in this particular case, that didn't happen. Maybe having terrible, I guess it's the good, you know, any publicity is good publicity. The fact that it's getting... You know, if it was a middling 50 to 60 saying like, "Ah, it's not bad, it's not bad. You know, if the critics weren't so much against it from the start, that would have been the worst scenario. Because then it's like, well, okay, I'm a casual viewer. 
Uh, obviously, I love superheroes and superhero movies and comics and all that stuff. Again, I'm a Marvel guy more than a DC guy, so... You know, before hearing about the critic, uh, the critical reviews, I'm kind of on the fence. Do I go see it? Do I not go see it? I don't know. Uh, and if it was lukewarm, if it was right in the middle, if it was like, eh, it's not bad, it's not great, I probably would say, okay, I can wait for it to come on video. I can wait for it to come, you know, on uh, on HBO a year later. I can I can, you know, go see it three months from now. You know, that kind of thing. Hearing it's really terrible, it could have the Van Helsing effect. Van Helsing was the movie starring Hugh Jackman back in the early 2000s. I heard such bad things about that movie that when I finally watched it, it was on like TNT or something like that. It's actually on HBO the other day, too, and I didn't watch it. Um, but I did finally watch it on TNT, and I watched it, and I go, this wasn't that bad. Like, everyone was telling me it was like the worst movie since Plan 9 from Outer Space. Wink, wink, go pledge our Kickstarter. We've got 48 hours left. Um, go just, just look, rich people out there, just go donate like $5,000. Just, just do it. Just do it. No, I mean, I heard it was a terrible, terrible movie, but I heard it was so god-awful. Like, don't go see it. Whatever you do, don't see this movie. Like, oh, it's the, it's the worst thing ever. Don't see it. Um, you know, that kind of talk lowered my expectations for it so much that by the time I saw it, I was like, that wasn't that bad. So, again, maybe it'll have that effect. Uh, in any case, it looks like, you know, it looks like DC and Warner Brothers just can't get it right. So what's the future of the DC Universe? We have two great trailers, for one for Wonder Woman and one for Justice League. Here's why... Wonder Woman will probably be the one that does succeed. It's not directed by Zack Snyder. That's that's number one. Look, no offense, bro, but, you know, 300 was an amazing, amazing movie. Uh, Watchmen was a very nice love letter to comic book fans. Man of Steel, look, that's split right down the middle. Um, and, and it looks like BVS just, just, you know, yeah. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Wonder Woman's got a completely different um, dynamic to it. She was also the best part. I think of of Batman v Superman, aside from Ben Affleck. But see, this is why I'm not saying Justice League is going to be great, even though Ben Affleck is now in the forefront. Like Warner Brothers, like, hey, you like Ben Affleck again? Here he is. I think his solo Batman movie is going to be flipping fantastic because Ben Affleck is just a great filmmaker now, amazingly enough. And I think that's the one that's going to really do great. But that doesn't come out until 2018. Wonder Woman, though, I think could break the mold unless course like we've been talking about you know this entire show unless people by that point is just like oh my god another superhero movie like i'm done like i'm done but wonder woman looks different uh it looks like captain america the first avenger where you know kind of takes place in the early 1900s world war one so it's a period piece i like that it's a period piece i like that it's not this grim and dark and gritty you know movie i think that's the one that dc might get right uh, I'm actually kind of digging aquaman too but again that doesn't come out till next year i think you know, if not maybe the year after, James Wan um, is doing some great stuff with the Conjuring. Uh, you know, franchise did some great stuff with with the Fast and the Furious franchise. I mean, I think in general, you know, those two movies might. But look, if Warner Brothers keeps kind of like going into this, saying we're behind our filmmakers, but then having one filmmaker bust and they completely change things, and I think look, I think they influenced Zack Snyder also to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt, basically. Not necessarily in a negative story way, but in a, in a way it's like, look, we need you to to basically catch up to Marvel in one movie. We need, we need seven years worth of, of you know, setup in one movie so we can launch this film franchise. 
Look, they're messing up. They're just messing up. There's no faith in the DC Universe, and, and I'm sorry that it all is pinning down on Suicide Squad. I'm sorry that I'm the one that said that I think it's going to do really well, but you know, I should have just went the Deadpool route. All right, we had a terrific show tonight. We had uh, Tony Southcott from uh, Human Echoes Podcast. Go check out their podcast. It's really awesome. They do some off-the-wall stuff. Um, I'll be guesting on that show at some point in the next coming weeks as well, too. Uh, we have great guests coming up now. Forget superhero fatigue. We have Mitch Hyman creator of Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. Um, his little movie that could is uh, slowly creeping into theaters across the country. It's, it was an awesome little indie comic. I actually got to work on it, which is, which is pretty cool. I did some, uh, some behind-the-scenes work on that comic. So we got Mitch coming up next week. We're going to talk about Bubba the Redneck Werewolf. We're going to talk about rednecks. We're going to talk about whiskey. We're going to talk about horror. Uh, and by that point next week also, our Plan 10 Kickstarter will be done. So I'll be done talking about that. This has been Secrets of the Sire. This is your host, Michael Dolce, D-O-L-C-E. Catch me on Twitter, at Michael underscore Dolce. Catch me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.